my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Justin Smith. Jabari for three and the win! Yeah! He got it! We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is Rocksfield Podcast. Of course, I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. You can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And you can find my written work over at The Dream Shake. And before we get started, get too deep into it, I want to, of course, give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on the X app, formerly known as Twitter, at Vader Sports, also on Instagram for your Rockets-related uh, news and also some Houston Texan stuff right now. And, of course, we are going to be here to talk about the Rockets' fifth straight win, as you saw in that opening clip. Um, I was out at the game yesterday, and it was definitely one of the best crowds I've seen in the last few seasons. Um, the Rockets were able to pull out that victory 104-101 to make it five straight victories. And, uh, of course, um, you know the biggest thing from last night's game was the fact that the Rockets were trailing for uh, most of the fourth quarter. And in the past years, they definitely would have lost that game. Um, they probably would have folded, but with the new veteran leadership and, you know, Fred Dillon, even Jeff Green, we saw the big difference in the game last night, especially with Fred Van Lee being able to close out the Pelicans with two big threes with under a, a minute 14 left in the game. So it was definitely exciting. So I want to get your thoughts on that, Veda. What's kind of been your thoughts, not just last night's game, but the, the entire five-game winning streak. And yes, it's been teams of beating teams that have had injuries, but we all know that this Rockets team the last couple of seasons, they would have absolutely lost majority of these games, if not all five of these games, even if the major stars for other teams were out of the game. So what's kind of been your thoughts in this just entire five game winning streak? And just to to your point, like even even those teams that we've beaten that were missing people, you'd see them going to the next game and have a more like competitive game with their next opponent. And sometimes they they even won. So I don't think we should discount the wins. We should enjoy these wins right now. I mean, we won 22 games last year. And then I, I think, I don't know what the average uh, win total the past three seasons was, but it's probably somewhere around 20. Yes. Um, we can't be all like, <clears throat> I mean, I understand we're trying to like, we're trying to not get our our hopes up uh, because we don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be hurt again, right? But um, 
enjoy these wins, man. It's, it's, we're, the, the Houston Rockets are five and three. They've already, like, in my opinion, I think that they, they're ahead of schedule, especially when you consider that they are missing Amon Thompson. Uh, Tyrese and just came back. And then you're also missing a guy who probably would have been your sixth man. Um, Emi Adoka, I think we need to start there. Like, give this man his credit. Give this man his yes. just uh, the the things that he's doing right now with this team. With the with with pretty much, I won't say the same roster, but like you see the development in our young players, and then you see like the the they brought the veteran the veterans in. A lot of uh, a lot of people on social media did not like the Dylan Brooks signing. A lot of people on social media did, did not like the Fred Van Vliet signing. Um, and there were people who wanted James Harden to come here. I wasn't opposed to the James Harden signing, but I trusted in the process. I trusted what, what Emi Adoka wanted to do. And he, at some point, determined in that meeting that they had with James Harden that he'd rather go with Fred Van Vliet. So that's what we're going with. Is Fred Van Vliet a better player overall? Probably not. Does Fred Van Vliet um you know does he affect the game the same way that James Harden potentially can affect the game probably not but there is more to the game of basketball than just statistics and that's one thing that I get into with a lot with like um a lot of the fans who are younger than me uh you know like the 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 19 20 21 22 like they're very they're very stat driven and I understand that stats are very important they do give you a lot of data they give you a lot of information but it does not give you the full picture. It does not give you the full, like the full pie. It gives you a piece of the pie, right? A lot of the things that Dylan Brooks and, and Fred Van Vliet bring to the table are not measured on statistics. You cannot look at statistics to determine the effect of a guy like Fred Van Vliet um, and a guy like Dylan Brooks, who instantly, the moment they were signed, they upped the level of intensity on your team. Uh, they upped the defense on your team. They uh, Fred Van Vliet has some some faults like he is not a good finisher at the rim. Sometimes he takes bad shots, um, but he's a leader. He's he, a winner. Yep. He's a winner. He operates. He's a competitor. Let's let's let's. Hey, the two the two guys, Emmy Adoka really wanted to bring in and prioritize this offseason are guys who are competitors. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Brooks, they show like so. I don't know what the media was expecting. I know, I think you asked the question too, but um, when you asked the question about like, hey, you know, you got LeBron coming up, like, what, what, you, you walk, walk me through that, LaShar. Walk, walk so, so I didn't ask the question. That was actually um, Danielle Lerner from The Chronicle. Okay. So she asked him about that. And yeah, this has probably been what the 50th time in the last couple of months he's been probably more than that actually he's been asked about the old LeBron thing so she asked him the question and you know obviously I think it was more like sarcastic kind of tongue-in-cheek when he gave the answer like yeah I'm gonna lock him up but at the same time what what do you expect from Dylan Brooks that's one thing about Dylan Brooks he's never gonna change he's never changed he hasn't changed who he is he doesn't care how much you talk about him I mean he even said like hey I don't know if he was per- talking about us, but he was like, I don't even like talking to the media. So he he keeps it real. You know, one more thing you can say about Dylan Brooks, he's never going to lie to you. So I, I I didn't have a problem with the answer. To me, that's the type of person you need on the, on the team is somebody that is going to go out there and is going to guard the best player on their team 
and it's not going to care anything about what somebody says about him. You know, a la Patrick Beverly and even Vernon Maxwell back in the day. Yeah. So for me, I had no problem with what he said, but we all know how the media, you know, especially the national media is going to cover that, anything with LeBron and Dylan. And I, I don't know if you just read through the comments on the video I posted. I mean, I would probably say 90% of them was like, oh, what is he doing? He's poking a bear again. He's doing mm-hmm. this. He Hasn't he learned from the last time? And then when the Rockets won by 30, it was almost like crickets under the comments after yeah, that. So yeah. Dylan Brooks' narrative has always kind of been formed already. And I love what you were saying about you can't measure everything by stats because that definitely goes for Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks didn't even have a good offense game last night. He was in foul trouble majority of the game. But you saw in that fourth quarter exactly why the Rockets brought him here. He absolutely shut down Ingram because Ingram was like torturing the Rockets the first three and a half quarters. They couldn't stop him. And then even Shangoon said it like when Brooks came, Dylan came back in, he shut Brandon Ingram down. Even sometimes he was guarding Zion out on the uh, perimeter because Zion, I mean, that's why Jabari was taken out of the game. Part of the reason because he just couldn't guard Zion. So they brought in Jeff Green so they can kind of switch between Jeff Green and Dylan Brooks. But Dylan Brooks brings so much outside of stats that, yeah, his stats earlier were great when he was shooting 60% from three. But that's not what you expect. That's not sustainable. That's not realistic. It's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that leads me right into what I want to play right here is when I asked Shane Goon about the veteran leadership. And he said something that I think most Rockets fans been wanting to hear for like a very long time. They haven't veterans like Fred and Dylan, especially in these close games. Like, I can say, like me and Jalen, they are, like Fred and Jeff and Dylan, they are our ass, like, you know, like even when we playing bad, like we are down nine, you know, Jalen has down, he's like going scream at him, like, come on, like, blah, 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 you know, Dylan to me, Jeff to me, like, you know, which is great for us. And that's, we like learning, you know, we're going to be, how I can say, like in five years, six years, we're learning this and we're going to do it other players, when we grow up, you know, which is great for us. So, I mean, you see there, I mean, if you didn't hear, he was basically saying that they all be on their asses pretty much the entire time. When they make a mistake, they are right on top of them. And that's something I know Rockets fans have been harping for a long time about, you know, even though it's kind of a catch-22 because a lot of people want them to go really young, but at the same time they wanted somebody to kind of step up and and tell them when they're doing something wrong. I understand that should have been Coach Salas, but we all know that's just not – his personality and maybe that's why he wasn't the best fit but now you have Dylan Brooks and a lot of people keep forgetting about Jeff Green he's been huge for the Rockets so far off the bench and a lot of people don't know about Fred and something we talked about uh with uh Vivian when he was on the guy from uh Raptors locked on Raptors was that Fred will get in your face you may not Mm -hmm. see a lot on TV he may not have that same reputation as Dylan but I remember it was a whole thing with him and Scotty Barnes, and they were like, well, that's why they're glad Fred is gone because he was always getting in Scotty Barnes' face and trying to tell him to do this and do that. But you need that as a young player because the Rockets didn't have people to teach them how to win on the court. Yeah, you had Eric Gordon, but we all know Eric. that's not Eric Gordon's game or his mentality is to kind of be the rah-rah leader, get in your face. We all know Eric Gordon's like really quiet and he's not really mm-hmm. going to say too much. So you needed people like Fred and Dylan, I mean – and that's why when people are getting mad about the contracts, they, they didn't take in consideration that it's more than just the numbers. It's how they act in training camp, practices, film session. I mean, he's Fred is the coach on the court. And, I mean, 
Ima has said it himself several times. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a huge thing that people need to realize that you can't just go look at the advanced stats and then base all your opinions on advanced stats and rebounds and assists and steals. It's, it's more than that. Because James Harden, honestly, like if, if I'm just being like objective, he's probably better than Brooks and and Fred and Lee combined as far as like um, yeah, if you're just looking at like advanced stats and like wins added and, and VORP and uh, RPM, you know, all these things like LeBron, yeah. like all these stats that these that, that people look at. And like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to like say stats are not important. I'm just saying that like. There's more to it. You gotta. You have. You have to watch the game. You have to be objective. You have to look at the intangibles. These things are not. These things are not measurable. And so, uh, the the things that uh, Afrin Shingun was saying like really hit home because, like, our guys want to be coached. I I don't yeah. know how they would have felt. You know, having guys in their face their rookie season, but they've lost so many games. They've lost a lot of games. And at this point, they're like, please, like. If I'm not doing something right, let me know. And that's why I wasn't really worried about Jalen Green's start to the season. Um, a lot of people were really uh, concerned. And I was concerned a little bit just because I don't want him to be a passive player on the court because I know what he can do. We've seen what he can do. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I don't want him to go out there and, and shot chuck and just be try to be like, well, and, and not take the coaching and just do what he wants to do. I want him to be a sponge and learn from Emi Adoka and learn from the, the veterans that have been there and done that. And that's what he's been doing. And I think the last few games we've seen the byproduct of him trying to become a better basketball player. Like there's there's been this thing all these years. Oh, Jalen Green is not a winning basketball player. Let's look at his plus minus. Let's look at this. Let's look at that. And now you're seeing him functioning in one of the top, if not the best starting lineups in the NBA. Like if you and now I'm going back, I'm circling back to the stats. Um, the Rockets have um, a, a top six i believe net rating in the nba and a lot of it has to do with uh what they're able to do with their starting lineup because as we know the, the bench is kind of depleted and you know we're, we're just kind of like scrapping right now but like jalen green has actually fit in very well you can see the effort on defense it's not perfect it's not going to be perfect the first you know 10 games into the season but like i see him getting better i see him trying to learn and then like uh like the clip you just showed with, with alperin shangun like these guys want to win and and they're willing to lay it on the line. They're willing to do whatever it takes to win. I know um, like when like going back to the quote, what, like he said, I'm, I'm going to lock LeBron up. Right. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a catchphrase that's been going around, you know, on social media the past couple months standing on business. Right. So like <laughs> yeah. basically like when you standing on business is like and, and, and for like us more mature people, it's, you know, you say what you mean and you mean what you say. Sorry, you know, man. if I say something, I that's what I mean. I'm going to stand on my own on business. I'm not going to backtrack. I'm not going to like 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 sugarcoat what I said before. And, and so, like, I appreciate the fact that, like, Dylan Brooks didn't. He had every opportunity to be like, hey, you know what? No comment or, you know, whatever. <laughs> what did he do? No, I'm going to lock LeBron up. And then the videos, the, if you did not see the video, go on Twitter, XAB, whatever it's called, and look for the video where where he's just staring at LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. At the, yeah, I think Kelly, he's he like, put that out. Yeah. This dude, man. He's staring <laughs> at him. We know LeBron is, is if, if he's not the best player that, that's ever played in the NBA, he's top three, right? And, and Dylan Brooks does not care, bro. He does not care. He's staring directly at LeBron. And then there's another video of him 
uh, looking across the court. You know, the Lakers are warming up on the other end, and Dylan Brooks is just just staring you know, at him like, like a like he's a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we need. Though we need that. We need. We got a lot of friendly dudes. Like Shingun is friendly, super talented, best player on the team right now. Jalen Green is a good is a good dude. You know, what I mean, we need that Patrick Beverly. We need that Vernon Maxwell, and Dylan Brooks has brought that to the table. And and like so far, I mean, you know, five and three record. It speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And um, I'm hoping I can find the clip because when you were talking about Jalen Green and, you know, his improvement and you know how a lot of people had formed the same thing, a narrative about him that he's a shot chucker and he's inefficient and he's, he you know, he's not a team player. And um, actually, I asked Coach about that, you know, pregame. And he was saying, like, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time with Jalen this offseason. And one of the things I joked to him about that last season, it took him 10 dribbles just to get to his move. <laughs> now, during the summer, it's taking him five. Now, I missed that, LaShard. I didn't see that. I did not so, see that video. So, I, 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 yeah, I'm trying to upload it now and see if it comes up because it was a great quote. Um, <laughs> it was a great quote because it, it was like, hopefully, it get it down to one and two because I was pointing I love out. Yudoka, man. Yudoka has given us some crazy quotes, like the yes. one about Austin Reeves. The one where he was like, hey, yes. <laughs> hey, you you, you know, uh, they had Austin Reeves on Team USA and you were only on the USA select team. Yes. Jalen go out there and have probably his best game of the season, 28 points, I think, on 15 shots against the Lakers. And then yeah. there, of course, it was the viral clip where he stripped Austin Reeves and took it and he yeah, did the dunk that actually looks like not. <laughs> yeah, it looked like the dumpstronaut. It looked like the the blastronaut, dumpstronaut, whatever you want. To, like in the middle of <laughs> yeah. the Rockets, uh, the the city edition basketball court. So yeah. man, I man, I'm I'm a big Yadoka fan, man. Like I'm hoping like they keep this up and that he can be in uh, consideration for coach of the year because I mean you can even see it. Like even if we're not even talking about wins and losses, just the process, the way the guys are getting open looks, the way they're sharing the ball, the way that we're locking up on defense. Uh, we're a top 10 defense in the NBA right now. Think about yeah. that. Top this 10 defense in the NBA right now. And 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 I did not – I expected our defense to be better. But I did not think that we would hold our opponents under 100 points, you know, in, yeah. in consecutive games. And I'm, yeah. I'm excited, man. So I think this is the um, the quote. So let me see. Let me play it. Faster and dribbling less, making quicker decisions. He ranks third overall in secondary assists. Can you talk about his improvements overall game from just being a scorer the first couple of years? Yeah, I, I preached that to him from day one, and you know, and and was around him a lot this summer. And you know, I was joking with him that it took ten dribbles to score. And now down to five in the summer, and then now we want to get it to you know quick decision one or two and make a quick move. And so. Yeah, Bob, you know, he's he's taking on that challenge to understand what he has, the shots he has, and, you know, his catch and shoot was great last game, and so we want him to do that more, but um, also be in attack mode and, and, like I said, not predetermine what he's going to do, and so the more efficient he can be uh, scoring with less dribbles, obviously, the more explosive, or as explosive as he is, yeah, you know, he'll be able to make plays and score like that, and so I, I love the growth in that area, um, but... He can also take advantage of mismatches, back it out like he did at the end of the quarter with the two uh, mismatches on, on Russell's. He's uh, become more well-rounded, no doubt, and uh, we love to see it. Thank you. I got a smile on my face. I have a smile on my face. You used to take 10, shot, 10 dribbles to get the shot that you wanted. Now you're down to five. Let's get you down to maybe two and where you can make a quick decision. And see, yeah. that was the thing. That's why I wasn't really like super concerned about Jalen. 
at the beginning. Like now, if he was playing like he was the first couple games towards the end of the season, I would have been, yeah, okay, maybe he ain't, he's not that dude that we thought he was. But like he's learning to play basketball, winning basketball, and he's learning to play basketball in a different way. Like before he just got, you know, last season, he was able to just kind of like do what he wanted. Uh, you know, and I and I felt like, you know, maybe that might have been OK for his development at the time. You know, he had the ball in his hands. He he was responsible for making a lot of decisions. Maybe he wasn't quite ready yet to, like, do that efficiently. But now, like you saw him thinking the first couple of games and the last few games, you've just seen him reacting. So you yeah. you've seen like the progression. And so like this is we're not even 10 games in yet. So like if he's doing this already, just imagine potentially what he could be doing after All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people weren't realizing is and, and Dylan even said it in the um, in a locker room because I asked him about the same thing about, you know, holding people accountable, especially young guys. He was like, yeah, Jalen was the main focus the first couple seasons or, you know, before we got here. And that's a lot of pressure on anybody, especially a guy as young as Jalen. So now he can kind of take a step back in some cases. In some cases, he can take the game over like he did against the Lakers. Like last game, he didn't have to be the main guy. There's been some games where he didn't have a great offense game during his winning streak, and but he had four assists in the fourth quarter to kind of help close the game out. So now he has other guys that can step up, and he doesn't always have to be the main guy. And I think that's going to benefit him in the long run. And uh, kind of funny, we were just talking about not always depending on stats, but just a really great stat about him is um, he's actually third in the league in secondary assists. At least he was coming into the game. He's actually up a full assist and basically secondary assists is what they call quote unquote hockey assists to where maybe your pass doesn't lead to a score, but the but the pass that you give to somebody else leads to assist for them in a score. And that's a big deal because that means he's moving the ball. He's not just holding the ball and dribbling like he kind of been doing the first couple of seasons where, honestly, he didn't have a choice a lot of time. A lot of his shots came late in the shot clock because the Rockets' offense, which is so bad, that he had no choice but to shoot the ball with like 23 seconds going in the shot clock. But now they have more of a structure. They know exactly what they're doing on offense. So now he's moving the ball faster. He's dribbling less. And I think that you'll see that really pay off you know, as the season goes on, he gets a lot more comfortable with the team. Yeah, and and a, a thing a lot of people didn't realize that those like those grenades, and we refer to those like he got the ball late in the shot clock, and he was required to make a one-on-one move and take a shot off the dribble. That really tanked his efficiency, um, yeah. and so like a lot of people pointed to like his his drop in efficiency last year. And I always would go back to where he's not taking the same shots that he took his rookie season. His rookie season. There was a lot more like off the catch. There was a lot more um, of him kind of getting the ball off of, of a screen and going to the basket or whatever. And then last year, uh, most of the stuff that he did or a higher percentage of what he did was off of the dribble, him creating his own shot from nothing. And also with the shot clock running down in a lot of cases. And if you uh, if you take some of those situations out, his efficiency what looks a lot better. And so yeah. like. I kind of felt like when we hired Yadoka, just from seeing what he was able to do, uh, convincing Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to be a little less ball dominant, but also still, you know, you're still going to get your shots, but we're going to get you better shots. And um, yeah, man, like it's, I don't want to, we're at a weird place right now where I want to be like, I'm, I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm because I know we're going to hit some rough patches through the year. And I don't want to be like, I don't want to be a prisoner to the moment 
of like, oh, we're on a we're on a two game, three game losing streak. We suck again. We're going to the lottery or whatever. And I also don't want to be like, okay, we're on this five game winning streak. We're like we're going to the second round of the playoffs. We got you know. Yeah. But at this, but like if you just look at like what they're doing um, on the defensive side of the ball, like look at last night. Look at the the game uh, that we just played last night. We do not win that game. Everything was against us. We didn't even talk about this game, really. Like the referees, um, oh, it, you would have yeah. thought Golden, you would have thought the Golden State Warriors were like on the floor. That's how bad yes. the, the refereeing, the the Jalen Green goal ten that like that was not, the, that's one of the worst calls. I'm not even being exaggerating. That's like one of the worst non calls I've seen. It was so obvious that it was goal ten. It's not even funny. It's just it was just crazy how bad the refs were last night. They weren't shooting well. Like nothing. What? Like in the second half, nothing was going right, and they still found a way to win. It's the whole the chop wood carry water. That's one of the things I mentioned in the spaces that we had right. after the game. Chop wood carry water, right? So like, it, it, it's hard work. It, it it seems like it's it's not rewarding, but you just keep doing the right thing. You just keep plugging away. You just keep like taking care of your business, and you see what happens. And that's what they did. And I feel like. We have not seen that from this team in the past. They had so many reasons to quit. They had so many reasons to give up and be like, okay, you know, that four-game winning streak sure was nice. We'll win the next one. Uh, but they gritted it out. And I think this was a character-building game. This was hopefully something that um, we look back, you know, towards the end of the season and we'd be like, hey, that is when the Houston Rockets became the Houston Rockets and, and got their identity. Yeah, because like you said, you don't want to go overboard because let's look at the upcoming schedule. Um they have Denver, even without Jamal Murray, Denver is still beating teams. So they, of course, they're the champions. Right. I mean, so that's going to be a tough game. Then you got the Clippers, even though <laughs> that, that's a whole nother story. The Clippers have lost all three games that James Harden's been a part of, and they've lost them. They got blown out by 30 plus points last night. But at the same time, you still have James Harden, you still have Kawhi Leonard, you still have Russell Westbrook, and you still have. Uh, James Harden. So, I mean, that's still going to be a tough game on the road. Paul George. So, that's going to be a tough game. And then after that, you have the Golden State Warriors. We all know about Golden Mm -hmm. State. And then, you know, then you got Memphis, who's been one of the worst teams in the league. And I'm sure Dylan Brooks is going to love that game. But the the, the games before that, that's going to really show where this team is because now you're playing like heavyweight, heavyweight type teams. Like I said, the Clippers are struggling, but a lot of people still figure that they're going to be one of the top four seeds in the West once they finally figure it out. So you got some tough games coming up, and you're going to really see, okay, where are the Rockets right now? And even if they go on a two-game or three-game losing streak, people shouldn't like, oh, God, it's the same team because I don't think this is the same team. I can say mm-hmm. that even though we're only eight games into the season. You can tell by just watching them you know, at practice. You can tell by watching how they prepare. This is not the same team. So – yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna win the next seventy four in a row. They're gonna lose some games. So I, I think mm-hmm. people should just kind of temper the expectations, but be excited. I mean, Rocket's been bad for so long, and um, like I was saying on Twitter, like or X or whatever the heck you want to call it, this was probably the, the you know most excitement I've seen in the crowd in the last few seasons. And I've been to a, even before I started reporting, I've been to a, some games. And it was like dead in the arena, even when they were winning. So to see had, the arena where I was last night was we crazy. Had, we had a discussion last night about is this the best win that we've seen in the last three years? And so the only other game that I feel like was comparable was that Atlanta Hawks game when they hit Jabari upside the head. 
Yeah. Or maybe even the Brook even the Brooklyn game, the first game against Harden when yeah. Christian and Wood, so like, there's, you know. There's, yeah. But so this is right up there though. And then this is a yeah, game man. where there was not like like Shangun had a good game. You know, uh Fran Lee was clutch and he ended up having a pretty decent stat line. Jalen Green, um, although his his outside shooting wasn't great, he kept attacking the basket and, yeah. and kept trying to like be and he he kept being aggressive. But there was not like a singular like uh guy like carrying us to the win or whatever but if you if you look at uh like the just the 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 game itself this was a game that you did not expect to win and it was a game like i said before you had every excuse to just kind of like pack it in and call it so this was a different this was a different kind of vibe and i i kind of feel like it's one of those wins that hopefully signifies that you've turned the corner as a as a as a franchise uh, you know We've seen a lot of bad basketball the past three years. A lot of horrible basketball, a lot of selfish basketball. A lot, like we can we can make a list probably, and I'm sure everybody that's watching this right now or listening to this right now can make a list of all the things that you saw that you hated. But think of all of the like things that we saw in that game last night that like we have not really seen before, and so that is what gives me hope. Even if they do go on a losing streak, and I'm sure they will at some point. It may be sooner rather than later. Uh, even if they go on a losing streak, I, I feel like the process is there. The the things that they're doing are actually things that lead to winning basketball. It's not just uh, we're we're winning a game because of some um, Herculean individual performance, yeah. and that is why I'm excited. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, the last two seasons, the Rockets started one and nine and one and sixteen. I mean, mm. I, I had to look at that twice to make sure that was right, that they started 1-16 mm. a couple of seasons ago. That's how bad the Rockets have been. And the fact that it took them a month plus in last two seasons to even get to their third win, and they already up to number five in eight games. I mean, that says a lot about where this team is. I don't care who you're playing because I guarantee in some of those 1-16 games, they played teams that didn't have their main players and they still lost those games. I mean, you even look at Sacramento. They lost against Sacramento. Yes, they had Fox last year, but they gave up 134 and 139 points in two games. I know everybody remember those two games because it was probably two of the worst defensive games I've seen any team play back-to-back in the last 20 or 30 years. It was pretty bad. And then you go this season, and you know, like I said, no Fox, but other than that, it's pretty much the exact same team, and they completely shut them down. I mean, they – they not only shut them down, but they took their will away from them to even want to play. You could tell that the Sacramento just gave up in the second half of both of those games. And the that's Sacramento something you won their next game, I, I believe. Yeah. I think they won their next game after yeah. after they played us. Yeah. So, I mean, you take away – the Rockets haven't been able to impose their will on anybody in a long time, and they they really starting to do that. And even last night, the Pelicans – they have to leave for most of the fourth quarter, but the Rockets just continue to wear them down to a point where eventually, you know, the Rocks were able to get that lead late with the two, you know, Fred Van Vliet threes. And that second three was just amazing. I mean, he shot that thing from 30 feet and didn't even hesitate. So that hey, takes hey, a lot of guts to do on that. that though, <laughs> on that, though, let's give props to, like, Vivek, the guy from Locked On Rappers who we had on way yeah, like, mentioned that. Ago. Because one of the things that he mentioned was that, like, Fred Van Vliet realized that he was not able to get his shot off against lengthy exactly. defenders and he had to work on his range. So like last night I'm watching the game and when he pulled up for that three pointer from the logo, I was like, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and then like in the, in the space after the game, um, I did bring up because of the fact that we had this conversation uh, right. with that guy who is super knowledgeable because he followed Fred Van Vliet from the time that he was in G league. 
because yeah. he was covering the G League team. Uh, and he was like, yeah, Fred Van Vliet had to learn how to extend his range. He worked on that extensively. And that is one of the reasons why he became so good, um, you know, after, the, you know, the first couple years that he was in the league. It's because he was able to extend his shooting range. And then we saw that on his play last night. So it was kind of cool because I kind of circle back to that, you know, that conversation we had on the podcast, you know, all those months ago. And it, it was pretty cool to see it in action because he did not hesitate. And that was a big shot. And uh, I think I think if he would have missed that shot and I well, I don't even think I know if he would have missed that shot. A lot of people were ready to like slander him. You know, oh, yes. <laughs> especially Raptors fans who I mentioned that earlier. My God. And after that podcast, Raptor fans were just all over me about oh, Fred. Fred is this and Fred is that. And y'all going to find out about Fred. He's not really that good. And so. So, yeah, it, it's something to watch how. You know, he comes to a whole nother team and another team actually appreciate what he brings. Um, and I, I know how it is. Like, you know, you may see some stuff that maybe the new team doesn't see. But so far, uh, I mean, Fred has been great. Dylan has been great. Jeff has been great. I mean, pretty much everything that um, Rafael Stone did this offseason so far has been great. Now, Jock is still seems to be out of mm-hmm. sync. I yeah, think the fact that he missed that. a lot of time in training camp and yeah. he missed a lot of practice time, he still doesn't seem really be in sync. But even Aaron, we haven't even talked about Aaron Holiday. In the limited time he's been out there, he's been he's been great. He's been one of their best defensive players on the entire team. So I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. And then and, um, I don't want to not talk about Jay Sean Tate, even though he got kicked oh, out of yeah. the game, which was just ridiculous. But Jay Sean Tate's three point shooting. I mean, I don't I don't know where it's come from, but he doesn't even hesitate now. He's shooting the ball like well, a, a lot of confidence. I don't know what his numbers are now, but I know um, coming into last game, he was like 50% shooting from three-point range on the season. So it, it just seems like a lot of things are coming together at once that we were hoping the last few seasons. And it, the vets have kind of brought it all together and kind of you know been the glue this entire season. Winning is contagious. I think they're going into yeah. the game and they're expecting, they're expecting to win instead of hoping to win. And there's exactly. a difference. Like you go in a game and you like, hey, maybe, you know, if I go for 40, we might be able to win this game. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, like, you know, that might have been like Jalen's or or Alpi's uh mindset going into the game. And now like they don't even have that pressure on them. Like Jalen can score 20 or Alperin can score 20 and they can still win the game because the ball movement is so good and you have other guys on the team who, you know, at any given any given night, like any of the the five starters I feel like can can get 20 get you 20 points and um, I don't know we, we'll see man like like the game Sunday tomorrow against uh Denver will be a big test for them I think um I don't want to say that it's a barometer game because it's so early in the season but I think they're going to compete and I don't think it's going to be a I don't think it'll be a blowout and even if it is I'm not going to like freak out about it um you know they'll I think they'll bounce back either way and like and it, it all boils down to the coaching. Like from what you've seen, and and um and you've seen it even more than me because you've you've been at practices in person. You've actually talked to Yadoka face to face. I'm like watching your videos and I'm like catching like some of the press conference stuff. But everything everything about him, just like just like D'Amico Ryan's for the Texans, everything screams winner, man, winner, winner. Like the things that he says, the things that he said that he said to the players. Um, his analysis of the game, you know, and, and the and the funny thing, like a lot of the stuff that he says, actually, like 
you know how we've gotten on here in the past and we say, hey, you know, maybe I don't know because I'm not a professional. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, like, you know, I'm going to give, you know, such and such coach, you know, some credit because he's a professional. And I'm not. Uh, so but this is what I think. But a lot of the stuff that we've been saying, like, it's, it's kind of fun and, and kind of cool to see, you know, Emi Adoka come in and then actually, like, say the same stuff we've been saying. Like, as far as, like, them them playing guys, in, you know, wrongly, you know, on, on the defensive end. And then, like, even how he talks about Jalen Green. Yeah, I don't think he's being aggressive enough. I think that he need, you know, maybe he is uh, – you know, yeah, he's, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't miss words at all. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's thinking too much. And so, but when he says that, I'm like, okay, if he sees that, then I know he's going to address it with him. He's going to pull yeah. him to the side and he's going to be like, hey, Jalen, I don't want you to shot check. I don't want you to go out there and just take every shot that you see. But like, when you have a shot, take it. Like, I, we, yeah. we are relying on you to like be aggressive. And when you have, you, you know, make the right play. And after the first couple games, that's the same things that we were saying as a community. And then to hear your coach, your head coach, come out and say the same thing. That's that is probably the moment when I feel at ease because I'm like, he sees what we're seeing, and he's a professional. He knows what he's doing. He's gonna address it. They're gonna fix it. And then if like if it's not fixed, then I know that it's not coaching. I know that it's the player. And we've seen yeah. a whole completely different Jalen Green, uh, Shingun. We haven't even talked about Efren Shingun. Man, this this dude looks like a freaking all star right now. Like one of the, the, the things that I was worried about, I want okay, going into this season, I'm going to let you go because I, I see you're ready to cook. I wanted <laughs> him to either be better at defense or I wanted him to become a better shooter. He's done both. He's right. done both. And so I'm like, like right now, uh, I saw a statistic today, back to the stats, saw a statistic today, like he is playing like a top 10 player in the NBA right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's been crazy, and it's it's for me the biggest thing has been his defense because we were all concerned with well, Ma is a defensive minded coach. If if Alperin's not performing well on defense, is he even going to finish the game? Because maybe he'll bring in somebody else to finish. That's not even a, a a problem anymore. We saw in the fourth quarter he missed those two free throws, and what did he do after that? He knocked the ball away. He dove on the floor two or three times. I mean, literally the guy, the, the, the guys. What are you yeah, doing? The like guy's he, ankle is like oh, probably oh, about this big, and he's like diving on the ground like he's you know doing one of the uh, the I think that's actually a block that they've uh, outlawed in the NFL. You can't even do that in the NFL now. When he dove and hit the guy's leg, Jordan Hawkins. I mean, he was all over the court, and then he had the big block against Valens Eunice. And by the way, Valens Eunice is like a freaking mountain that, that guy's yeah. freaking yeah. huge and he I always he look like he's pissed off but Alperin didn't back down to him at all if you remember last season him and Alperin yeah, um they went head to head right there on the court so Alperin doesn't I mean yeah he smiles a lot and he's he he's smiles definitely, a lot. yeah he looks out he looks all goofy yeah. and jokey jokey yeah he's, a, he's an assassin on the basketball court man. He, don't let him fool yeah. you don't let him fool you because, like, yes. yeah, he's all like, ah, yeah, we think we're gonna come out and win, but oh, <laughs> put the basketball in his hands. He he he's a thug. I yeah, I saw somebody um today. They were talking about. They asked me a question. They were like, "Do you think that he's quicker now?" Like, I was like, "I don't want to say he's quicker. Like, I don't think he's yeah. quicker. I just think that he knows what he wants to do, and he knows he exactly where he's going. Yeah. He has counters on counters. He's confident." 
and there's just nothing you can do with him right now. He has that little push shot that he's hitting right now that is like yes. – um, somebody. And, and real it, quick somebody, on that, he, he, he practices that. Like every game I go to and every practice – like pregame yesterday, he was sitting there for at least five or ten minutes for the game, practicing just that one shot. He didn't move. He just practiced that one shot over and over and over again. So yeah, he's he's gotten really good at that shot. Yeah, so like uh like he's hitting that shot at like a crazy rate. I forgot what the I forgot what the stat on that was, but it was pretty high. But he's like he's he's almost like automatic when he does when he goes to the push shot. And yeah. then like um I pointed out to some people too, like today. Um, against uh, Valanciunas, he had like this drop crossover that is like you don't see very many guards in the NBA <laughs> doing a drop cross the way he did it, yeah. and then he brought it back this way, took the absorb the body contact and went and finished it. And it's like this is a six ten, six eleven center that's doing these things, and then he has the passing, and then like now he now he's um, you know at at very least adequate on defense. He's not our worst defender. You know, I don't want to name oh, names, but he's not our worst defender. Yeah. <laughs> he's no longer. If, if we're being honest, we know who's the worst defender in the in the starting lineup. But I only think it's a worst defender, just not as good as the other people. Right. But anyway, so like, yeah. What should I give you say? <laughs> yeah. So like, it's like, man, look, it's Shingun. Um, if he can keep it up for the whole year, I think uh, we talked about Jalen taking a third le- third year leap. Shingun is actually taking it. J- J- I see Jalen Green working towards taking it. Um, and I'm hoping that, like, at some point in the season, we can actually be like, man, like, I can have the same conversation I'm having about Shingun that that about uh, Jalen Green. But like, yeah, just man. to give just to give before we get off, just to give uh, Aperon Shingun his props, man, he's been amazing, and it's been on both sides of the basketball. Um, and I cannot, uh, I, I have, I'm, I'm actually surprised. And, and that says a lot. Like a lot of stuff doesn't surprise me because I'm like, oh, we've seen this and we've seen that before. Um, or I'm like, I don't think this is sustainable, so I'm not going to get too hyped about it. Like the Dylan Brooks shooting. Like I'm more hyped about the Dylan Brooks defense than I am about the Dylan Brooks shooting. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, man, he's shooting 70 percent from the. That's not I hate to break I hate to burst your bubble. That's not gonna last, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Which we saw in the last couple of games, it's kind of starting to dip, but I don't even focus on that because yeah, like you said, it's it's about everything, all the intangibles. I know people love saying mm-hmm. that word, but it really is the thing with Dylan Brooks. People like Dylan Brooks, people like Tari Issa, it's the intangibles that they mm-hmm. bring outside of just the scoring. Yeah, so like the stuff that Shangun is doing, I think it's sustainable. Like I can't think of anything that he's doing right now that I feel like is outlier that I feel like uh, two months from now, he's going to, he's going to come back down to earth. So I'm super excited about Shangun. And then like, like we've been talking about like the leadership that these guys have brought in has been like, you can't even quantify it. And, and um, the like Jalen Green, Alperin Shangun, Jabari Smith Jr., Amon Thompson are going to be much better players by the end of the season, just because of the fact that, we were able to bring in Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet. And so, yeah. hey, props to, props to Yadoka and props to uh, um, Fertitta, props to Raphael Stone for, like, trusting in the process because I know they when, – when you look at it from a money standpoint, what would – let's start, I'm going to ask you. What, when we did not have this conversation, what would have been the best thing for the Rockets to do from a from a financial money and marketing standpoint? Who should they have brought in? Oh, well, absolutely because, I mean, James Harden. Because at yeah. the end of the day, yeah. 
Fertitta, you know, Fertitta, like any owner, they want to make as much money as they can. Yeah, they want to win. But you bring in James Harden, your sales automatically go up. Your jersey sales go up. All that stuff automatically. Your profile, you get more you know, exposure. But they went and got Fred Van Vliet, who's yeah, all-star championship player, but he's not like a big-name player that draws people in. They brought in Dylan. I mean, they brought in Dylan Brooks. People, I mean, people were saying Dylan was out on China. They were, they were saying and they were being serious. <laughs> yeah, and it would be a serious. It wasn't a joke. They were really saying that Dylan Brooks might even be in the league. And the Rockets went against all that and still brought not only brought him in, but gave him a four-year guaranteed contract. I mean, that takes some that takes some guts to do that. I mean, yes, you have to spend the money, but they could have easily spent the money on, like you said, on James Harden. Now, they could have spent the money and gave like one-year deals to people. And kind of just worked away and then try to again next season. But they took the risk. Like the, yeah, they the took the risk play. and it's paid off. Yeah. Yeah. So like we didn't we didn't go for the flashy play. We yep. went for like uh something that we felt like would actually help the young guys become like because become who they need to be. And and that that means something to me. Like I've been saying, like that means something to me, man. Y'all know the y'all know the meme that the guy with the Michigan cap on or whatever, but yeah. um <laughs> The fact that you brought guys in that you felt could help develop your young core and help them to become what they need to be in order for the franchise to be successful is probably well, it's not even probably. I think that is the best course of action because like if Shingun is not gonna be, you know, if he's not going to maybe not reach his ceiling, but at least get close to it. If Jalen Green can't become uh what we're hoping he can be, if Jabari can't, you know, bounce back and become what we're hoping he could be. If Amon cannot be who we're hoping he could be when we drafted him, like all, all that losing the last three years was for nothing. <laughs> it was for nothing because now you now you're like now you're now you're star chasing. You're hoping some guy's gonna come here in free agency, um, and you tank for three years to bring in guys in that you were hoping could be that star. And so like I, I really like the signings. Uh, I liked them when we when we had them. I didn't think that they were, you know, I wasn't as excited. And then if they would have brought Harden in, I would have gone, oh, we got Harden back. It would have been cool. But yeah. um, objectively speaking, the Fred Van Vliet and the Dylan Brick signing were great. I know they tried to also bring in Brick Lopez. Um, and I'm kind of on the fence about that now. Yes, like, a really blessing in disguise, it. maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, might be a, it might be a blessing in disguise, like you said, because um, where Alperin Shingun have been, giving, have been given the leeway, the leash that he has right now, to become what he's become on the defensive end um, if Brooke Lopez was playing so many minutes. And we don't know like that. I guess we'll never know. But yeah. um, it, like you said, I think it's maybe it's a blessing in disguise. And also, I think Brooke Lopez is also kind of in a decline as a player. Uh, I think he's 35 years old. Um, yes. He's 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 been injured in the past. And I think he's kind of like struggling through some injuries right now. So. I don't know, man. I, Jock Landale, though, like in order for this to like be a complete blessing in disguise, I need Jock Landale to do something, man. Like I know you, your ankle is kind of maybe not a hundred percent, but and the concussions, uh, the concussion. But it would be really yeah. cool if he starts to actually become a contributor. Like when he comes in now, I'm just kind of like, oh man, put Jeff Green in, <laughs> and I'm not trying to hate on him. It's just the just yeah. just like from what we've seen so far um, through eight games. He has probably been one of our worst players, if not our worst player, in my opinion. And uh, I really want him to come in. Like he's making me miss Usman Garuba, <laughs> and I know some of y'all hate Usman Garuba and don't don't think. Wait, I, I don't hate him. It's just I don't ever think he's going to be more than a 
9th, 10th, 11th, 12th guy on the roster, which is, you know, fine for some player. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with on, on, on Jock. It's going to take him some more time, but that's the beauty of having Jeff Green. If you didn't have Jeff Green, it would look a lot worse because you don't have any other big man on the roster that can come in and give you minutes. So, I mean, and, you know, and, and prob- before you finish, in Jock Landale's defense, during the playoffs last season, he looked better at times than DeAndre Ayton. He so, was like, playing. He was playing in the fourth quarter over DeAndre Ayton. So he, he, he definitely has, has a talent. Yeah. He has it in him. So like I'm not writing him off completely. I just you know I'm looking forward to that that moment when he comes in and I'm not like oh man they putting Jock Lando in. I wanted yeah. to be like oh yeah Jock's coming in. We about to get some yeah. like good minutes and so yeah. So. Maybe they'll get there. But one more thing before we wrap it up uh, right quick here. Um, I want to get your opinion on the court. So, you know, I took a couple of videos of the court. Of course, everybody saw the full thing. I saw it in person. It's um, It takes some getting used to, <laughs> that's for sure, even in person. It's it's a lot. But, um, So at least that was one of the cool parts. The light show part was cool, so I give them that. But you saw the pictures of the blood red, um, like somebody was dying on the court <laughs> last night. So what's kind of your opinion of that of that court? Because it seemed like a lot to me. Okay, to me, like I don't like it. There's only like one <laughs> play-in tournament court, not play-in tournament, uh, mid-season tournament court that I like. And uh, it's not ours. Is it Brooklyn's? <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's definitely not ours, no. It's not ours. I think it was Milwaukee's. I Milwaukee, think Milwaukee's okay. looked okay because it was, like, gray. It wasn't, like, really, like, a loud color. Oh, um, yes. And then, like, our court, for me, on TV, it was hard to, like, follow the game at first. Because, like, I, I low-key, like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to let y'all behind behind the curtain a little bit. I have a little bit of ADHD a little bit. And so yeah. for me, it's just like, like, what's going on? There's like just all too these much colors, <laughs> and, all this, and so it's bothering me, right? Um, one of my good friends, Assad, was at the game. He said it, to him, in his opinion, it looked better in person than it did on TV. True, um, true, yeah. I, but like to follow it on TV, I felt like it was it was kind of a difficult watch until you got used to it. But then at some point. Yeah. You just have to, like, you can't change it. So, <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's a marketing thing. I think that, oh, um, yeah. I think it's kind of a good, it's a good idea. I don't know. I feel like they, they maybe they'll scale it back a little bit in the future, hopefully. They have to. But, yeah. but I think that it's a good idea to, like, make the, the court different from the regular court, you know, just yeah. from a marketing perspective and to kind of up the excitement about, like, what they're doing or whatever as far as the tournament. But for me, I, I don't like those courts at all. Like I, I want them to like tone them down a little bit, but yeah, that's just kind of how I feel about it. And, and I think most people have kind of said that they are not huge fans of them. So there, there has to be like some kind of happy medium somewhere. Right. I mean, I, I agree. It, it looks better in person. I will say as far as just the overall tournament, cause I know a lot of people were like, why are they even bothering with this? But I will say when you're in the arena, the way they, the presentation and, there's different things that they have going on uh, with the tournament. It, it definitely makes it feel like a different game. 
um, than just a regular season game. So I'll give them that. But I guess it's the first year they're still trying to work out a lot of the different things. And I don't think the players really care about the tournament outside of being able to go to Vegas. I think that's the Vegas and the money. I think that's the only thing the players really the care about. LeBron, so I don't think that LeBron, LeBron talking about the 500K, like LeBron trying to pretend like he's a normal human being. Like yeah, we probably it's like like a dollar to him. Yeah, like he got he has LeBron <laughs> has five hundred k in his couch cushions, man. Like I know he don't care about that five hundred thousand. Yeah, but they do like they do like going to Vegas during the season. So I, I know that's definitely a, a motivation for them. But outside of that, I mean, like I said, the end end game um, kind of atmosphere that they put with the whole you know tournament thing that that I could see that they did put some work into that. But yeah, the court. They got to tone down their red. You know, tone it down. You remember when the uh, Rockets changed their uh, uniforms, the pajamas, pajamas. Rockets blasting off, (laughs) and the Raptors had a whole dinosaur on there, (laughs) like a whole complete dinosaur on their uniform. Do do you remember any given Sunday? Do you remember that movie? Yeah. And how it was just outlandish, all the yeah. uniforms and the. That's how it reminded me of like they just went way overboard with it. And then, like, I think, but, like, after they did the whole dinosaur and the rocket with the teeth, and I think Charlotte Hornets had, like, a crazy uniform, too. Cartoon stuff, yeah. Yeah, after that, they kind of, like, pulled it back, and they found, like, a a nice little sweet spot. So, hopefully, I think that's what they'll do. But, like, I mean, it's it's cool. Like, I I try not to be, like, the old guy, like, screaming at the cloud. (laughs) Because, like, at first, I was like, man, why are they doing this? But then, like... Also, I think it's, it's it's good marketing. I think it brought a oh, yeah. lot more attention to what they were doing. It also uh, distinguished, okay, this is not, even though it's a regular season game, this is a little bit different from, you know, it, it, it kind of helped you mentally to understand, like, something different is happening. So I, I, I get it. Uh, I want them to make it not so distracting, um, but I do get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, of course, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Rockets play the Denver Nuggets tomorrow. Like I said, they have a very tough schedule coming up. So we'll definitely, by the time we're on next, um, sometime next week, we will definitely see exactly where the Rockets are as far as their progress. Like I said, if they lose a couple games, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going backwards. But they're going against some really tough teams. That Denver game, that Golden State game, those are going to be really interesting games. I mean, if you're able to – somehow managed to win these next two, three games. I mean, just imagine the excitement that's going to be going around Rockets community that's already there right now. So we will definitely be keeping an eye on that. We appreciate the support. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because we are growing really fast. We're up to over 760 subscribers. So we definitely appreciate that. And that helps us continue to put out videos and continue to let everybody be able to see them because YouTube algorithm is a funny thing sometimes. So the, the likes and the subscriptions definitely help us, so we appreciate the support. And Vader, as usual, I appreciate you jumping on the show. Hey, thank you. Um, you've been doing a lot of hard work, a lot of good work, um, as evidenced by the fact like the the YouTube account has grown. Um, it's almost yes. doubled in like a month. So yeah, and 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 a lot of that is just you know you you know being on the scene, being able to get those interviews, being able to like put out that exclusive content. So. Uh, y'all make sure y'all tap in. Uh, Lashar's doing an awesome job. Uh, if the Rockets keep winning, man, like who who knows? We we got yeah. who knows what kind of uh, stuff you might see as far as interviews and you know quotes and stuff like that. So make sure you subscribe if you already haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate the, the kind words, and man, it's been a blast, and it's just good to be able to watch them winning basketball from the Rockets. So we definitely want to see it continue. And hey, who knows? 
playoffs, play in. Hey, yeah, it's way down the road. Playoffs, <laughs> <We're> <laughs> playoffs. You're not gonna be able to tell me anything. I'm gonna be like, I might get, I might like get like temporarily suspended off of social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's way down the road. But hey, it's it's good to at least have some hope. So we definitely appreciate all the support and make sure you check out the next episode of Rocket Field Podcast. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.